Hey fam, guess what episode it is? It's the one with friends, Monica and Chandler style. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Hi everyone, I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, where Devin and I and our occasional guests gab and goss about our favorite and not-so-favorite ships of all time. Mm Mm-hmm. And today we're starting off our Friends series with Monica and Chandler. What better way to start off? Exactly. So many of you are questioning, why not start with Rachel and Ross? Well... There's a lot to unpack. (laughs) We'll get there. There's a lot to unpack, and we really felt feelings for this... uh, this couple so you know yeah we're starting with them they matter to us they were the first couple to get together so well I were have they? To say, no because ross and rachel, ross and rachel ish, technically got together first but they were the first married couple yeah yeah well is that true is it true <laughs> no because don't ross i don't know okay okay well we will discuss regardless this is we're why starting we with have them. the professionals on with us <laughs> to tell us when we're freaking wrong because here's the thing about friends I used to hate it, okay? I used to think, this is background noise. I don't like it. Why does everyone obsess over this? Then Tom, my husband, he said, you got to sit down and watch it beginning to end. So we're just going to do that. And so for the past three months, we have just sat down and watched Friends. And when I tell you that I have become, I'm ashamed to say this, Devin, but I have become a Friends (laughs) enjoyer. Like, it's never going to take my top spot, but... I remember when we first started this, I was like, we have to do Friends. She's like, "Mm, nah. (laughs) There's so many other things we could do. I was like, no, we got to. So we finally made it happen. I'm glad that we did because, and I'll say it just from the get-go, I'm happy we're starting with this couple. And I'm not going to answer our last question of do we ship it yet, (laughs) but I'm happy this is the one we're starting with. Um, Agreed. But before we get started, I'm very excited to announce and to introduce our guests for today's episode. So uh, we are joined by very special guests, like I said before, Friends Professionals. Uh, Welcome to the One With Friends podcast. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. So Leanne and Llewellyn host the One With Friends podcast, um, with it still considered one of the best sitcoms of all time, which... I'm getting there. I'm getting there to agree with you. Uh, It seems that Friends still has a place in everyone's hearts. So we decided to talk about it. This podcast is the one where two friends get together with their friends to chat about this beloved 90s classic. They break down each episode scene by scene while sharing their opinions, asking questions, drawing cultural parallels, telling personal stories, and much more. So definitely follow along with them as they do the Ultimate Friends Rewatch podcast just for you. And a little bit for them, too. So everyone give them a follow. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the show. Absolutely. We're so excited to have you guys on. Thanks, guys. This will be a fun conversation. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> It'll be great. Okay, so before yeah. we do hop into Monica and Chandler, I have to pull out our random question generator. <laughs> this is where I get sad. <laughs> still isn't a jar. The plan yes. was for it to be a jar that I pulled out a popsicle and I had a question, but... I haven't done it yet, so forgive me. Too much work. Um, it is too much work. You have to <laughs> refill it, all of that. You have the internet at your fingertips. 
Uh, okay, so here's our random question of the day. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh my gosh. You can think on it. JC Chavez from NSYNC, 100%. (laughs) So you knew right away. You're like, JC, let's go. Dark hair, light eyes, swoon. That's awesome. (laughs) Swoon. (laughs) Instant. (laughs) Instant. It's funny funny that you said NSYNC because my first was Brian Luttrell from Backstreet Boys. It's the the millennial rival of all time between the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Incredible. Devin. Battle of the bands. Ugh, I You're feel still like thinking on it. <laughs> I feel like my first was Anne Hathaway. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because okay. I watched her in Princess Diaries when I was a kid. So then, yeah, that makes sense. I couldn't tell you my first, but I can tell you that I have a real thing for Ryan Gosling. Which is why this Barbie movie stuff is just driving me crazy because I'm like, I don't even want to see this movie, but he's so hot. Are any of you doing uh, Barbenheimer? Oh, okay. Is that when you just go to see both at the same Uh time or whatever? Back to back. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. No. Are you doing it? I'm doing it. And I'm going to the showing for Oppenheimer first at 630 in the morning. Oh my gosh! What? <laughs> Six thirty. I didn't even know there. they start at Wait, that time. Wait, which one are you seeing first, Barbie? Oppenheimer. No, Oppenheimer. Oh, at yeah. six thirty a.m. Yeah, that way you can end oh, on the high wow. of like, you know, Barbie. That's great. That's you can good. end on a a lighter note, hopefully. <laughs> yes. You know, Devin, we'll have to see the Barbie movie because we have to see if we ship Barbie and Ken. You know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah sure i mean i feel like i would watch it once just for the not to say that i watch it but just for the cultural reference i guess i love greta gerwig that's really what it is i mm. love her style she did little women and i really oh, loved okay. it mm-hmm. nice no i'm excited i think it's i think it'll be fun i've heard a lot about it Good, but we won't dive too far into Barbie right now during this Friends episode. <laughs> we got a quick detour there. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. Um, Great. So let's talk Friends. Um, first, I want to warn you that there will be spoilers. So spoiler alert. Um, but honestly, if you haven't watched this series yet what what are you doing are you doing on this planet that would have been me a couple of months ago like oh i can't listen uh but yes we're not afraid of spoilers on this show so that is your warning consider yourself warned um and onward to monica and chandler my little summary so friends is a long show Mm -hmm. so i am not going to try to summarize to them for making it that long yeah, I'm not going to try to summarize all the highlights because we'll we'll for sure talk about them during the show. Um, but let's sum it up concisely, just sort of their plot. Uh, we meet Monica and Chandler as friends in the little friend group that gives friends its name. Chandler was one of Ross's, who is Monica's brother's, college friends. He's a humorous, self-deprecating data... Is he a data analyst? That's what I call him. But I actually <laughs> don't even know, which follows in the Nobody theme. knows. Yeah, he does something, he's an important guy, whatever. It's the thing with math. Yeah. 
Uh, and Monica is the funny, super OCD, likes to clean things a lot, uh, gl- what I would consider glue of the group, who rents the classic apartment they all hang out in. Over the course of their friendship, uh, Chandler often jokes that they should date, but Monica's never serious about it. She's constantly like laughing about it. When he, he, he says something like, if I was the last guy on earth, would you date me? And she's, she laughs. I'm like, this is great. Um, but so they're never serious about it until Ross's wedding comes up, which this is why he gets married a lot before they get married. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I realize. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. Okay. Running I, joke in the show, Devin. I messed will, up. It's fine. I messed up, guys. Uh, so <laughs> at this wedding, they start to hook up because, you know, that's just what happens, I guess. But they eventually agree that they want more than that, and they don't tell the friends about it for a few episodes, which leaves us with the classic trope where they have to hide their relationship. I hate that trope, and we're going to talk about it. No. Um, but that is what happens. Uh, eventually, everyone finds out, of course, and I think when Ross finds out, it's the funniest, which we'll also talk about. Uh, <laughs> their relationship gets serious. They move in together. They get married. And they adopt twins after they find out they may never be able to have kids. Uh, so that's a very emotional episode. But then we see the twins come in. It's all very exciting. Um, all in all, a very important couple dynamic in this show. And Monica and Chandler, as far as we know, live on happily ever after. Now, I haven't seen any afterwards stuff. I have not watched. Like, Devin, you watched when they all get together. It's oh, not like reunion? in show. It's like out of show. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't think anything like changes or whatever. But I haven't seen that. So if something no. is said that changes the trajectory of the summary, let me know. Yeah, it was just a review of the show in general and yeah. its impact on society and sort. So Cool. But that's my little summary. So Yippee! let's talk. Let's dive right in. We're going to start off with how does Monica's relationship with Richard impact her future relationship with Chandler? Okay, so it's it's funny because on our podcast we just we just got to the point where they're they are engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, just finished season six, so this like point I feel like is very prevalent to what we're currently dealing with on For our podcast. Sure. Um, but I think the biggest, the obvious difference between the two of them, Richard and Chandler, is the age for one but also the maturity level Mm -hmm. we know chandler he's hands (laughs) down the goofiest guy um doesn't and he says it multiple times like he doesn't know how to hold relationships what to do because when things get hard he runs like Mm -hmm. that's just how he always was so i think uh, monica's relationship with richard it's almost hard to compare them because they are so different yep um I know Leanne has quite a bit of like a, a point on this one, so oh. we'll definitely let her <laughs> this she sets up the, the difference between the two I, of us. <laughs> yes, I don't like Richard. I've never liked Richard. Oh, but I never liked the but guy. But Leanne, it seems, does. If, Is that what we're left to infer? If he didn't end up, if they didn't end up together, I would have bet that the writers would have put her and Richard together and kept Richard it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, I, I but I do love her, like her and Chandler so much. So I obviously want them to be Endgame, but mm-hmm. but if they hadn't gotten together, if that wasn't how it played out, I would have said then keep her with Richard. Right. Mm. 
Yeah, I think it's because he does. He does only come rear his head and come back at, right before. Right at um, that time. Right before uh, Chandler proposes. Yeah, and and I know saying there's... saying that he'll. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. You're good. <laughs> I know there's like quite the controversy out there when it comes to him, um, but I think they have just the right amount of like forbidden romance tropes. There's the age gap. They're like 21 <laughs> years. Dad's best friend. J- maybe oh, gosh, you could argue. it all. <laughs> you could argue like the doctor patient thing too, just for good measure. Um, yep. And I mean, Tom Selleck is the OG daddy. So up until this, <laughs> <laughs> up until this point though, in the show, up until we get to there, um, to Monica and Richard together, we hadn't seen anything serious right. in regards to Monica's suitors. So Richard sets up a really great contrast. Richard is all of man. Being fully serious. Yes, Richard is a man. He's got his life together. Chandler is in some ways still a boy when Richard and Monica are still dating. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I also think that Monica has always kind of searched for acceptance with her parents who always kind of seemed to favor Ross. Mm-hmm. And I think she sort of found that a little bit in Richard. He was already grown. Like he's a grown man. Um, while Chandler mm-hmm. is when their relationship starts, I really think Chandler is someone who she can play with and grow with. Richard Mm -hmm. was already Richard. He's already set. Um, Whereas Chandler, she got to grow up with. Mm -hmm. With Richard, it was super smooth. While we'll see with her and Chandler throughout the series that they really had to work harder at their... (laughs) Yeah, they had to work harder. He's like whiskey compared to like beer. Exactly. (laughs) It really was all about the contrast. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie. Like, I like Richard. I think he's great, but I don't ship him with her necessarily. And I think it's for exactly the reason that you said, because though they have like a very like steamy, like... I think he takes care of her. Like, I think they're a good pairing. I just, I don't think they're, like, OTP pairing here. I don't think that he's endgame, like you said, because mm-hmm. it's true, because she still has some maturing to do as well. And that's clear. She still has some things to figure out what she wants as well. So, like, Richard, whereas he's at the end of this, like, road with his kids grown and everything, I think that Monica would have been settling a little bit on the things that she desired in life if she didn't get to struggle with someone. Um, Of course, we see it impact her relationship with Chandler because she clearly was in love with Richard. So when he comes in and rears his head again, it like impacts, she's like rethinking her relationship with Chandler almost. She has to think, Mm -hmm. is this... Is this sort of messiness? Because he says he's willing to have kids now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this sort of immaturity like worth it? And she looks back at Richard. Ultimately, she says, "Yeah, like because I love this guy. This this is who I want to be with." But it is funny because he's sort of like the foil to Chandler, and it's the person that she can look and say, "Is this what I want? Is this what I want?" Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do like him. I'm not gonna lie. Like I think he's a good guy. I think yeah. he's funny not as funny as Chandler but he's yeah funny. I think this was her first stable relationship oh, or yeah. long-term relationship and it made her kind of figure out what her priorities are like mm-hmm. what does she want in a person in a partner what do I yeah, want definitely. and yeah. she realizes that while he has all these good attributes I'm missing out on like, the big thing that she wanted was kids and that's yeah. not just in that time it was the entirety of this whole series is about her desire for kids yeah um, and he wasn't willing to offer that to her so yeah. they kind of had to part ways um yeah but i think 
Go Sorry, ahead. it's really hard for those of us on the outside watching two people who really care for each other having to separate, not because of a loss of love, but a difference in desired mm-hmm. future. So we see a clear boundary that Monica sets up and is not willing to budge on when it comes to how she envisions her future, to your point, with having kids being a major pillar in that. And he sets up, which he has every right to do, he sets up his own boundary in regards to that in the negative, and it ends up being their downfall. But I think it leaves Monica with a clear set of non-negotiables for her next serious relationship. Sometimes people get into relationships, they fall really hard and then have the serious conversations and then someone ends up compromising mm-hmm. on their own it's desires the <laughs> out of a fear right. of like not finding someone yeah. else or having wasted so much time with that person. But I think it takes a lot of courage to right. care for someone deeply and choose to walk away. And she chose guilt over resentment. Like if they had stayed together mm-hmm. because she compromised, she would have been she would have resented him for it. Um, and so, yeah, it yeah. sucks to yeah. break up with somebody, but Monica knew what she wanted. And I'm personally really happy to see her stand up for that instead of caving to the man, you know, like out of Me fear too. of losing him. Right. right. Absolutely. And it also teaches her like the, the importance of letting go and the need to let go at times, yeah. um, to find someone that you're wanting to share like goals with and the same priorities and sort, um, because it, it takes her a while to get over him. It's not just like a, okay, we're done. Like she was in love with this man and she decided that this is the, this is the, <laughs> I can't cross this line. Like this is the yep. line we can't cross. And apparently like our two paths are not meant. So we got to walk yeah. away. Yeah. Yep. So props to her for doing that. Yeah. Okay. Get ready for this. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we got to talk about her. Janice. So, how does her relationship with Chandler help prepare him for a long-term relationship? Okay, you did that perfectly. <laughs> you did. It was so good. Yes, it was good. One of the ways that we, this is like a really weird side note, but one of the ways that we rank our episodes is if we have a, a classic one to ten, but we've given them each different names, and one of them is perfect. the oh my god, and you did it perfectly. Yeah, I wish perfect. I could just like take that snippet and play it every time one of us wants to rank an episode that way. <laughs> it's better than me having to like hold my nose and try and say it. You did it so and well. Try to do it, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so That's in regards fun. to your question, I think it's an interesting one to consider because I'm not sure her relationship does prepare him for long term. So... Chandler was very much still a commitment phobe during his time with Janice. And yes, there are a few intentional pursuits on his part, which could hint at the fact that maybe he at least subconsciously liked someone enough to keep returning back to them. But these two also keep getting just thrown together in the other half of the scenarios. And it wouldn't take long for Chandler, for his shame to be stepping back on his advances really quickly. Um, I mean, there's like the blind date that turned out to be Janice, the online romance that turned out to be Janice. And like Janice shows up in all of these places you don't want her to. And that gave us this one of the most chaotic on again, off agains in like TV history, I think. And like, I like Janice for the humor, but I think his quick exit plans convinced me that she didn't entice him enough to consider being in a long term committed relationship with In fact, I think the show clearly shows Mm -hmm. that it was Monica who was the one who sort of teaches him what it looked like to choose someone every day 
and learn how to be in a mature adult right. relationship. And Janice just wasn't that for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot like what Leanne said, but like Janice shows up at the most random it's times. so funny. And <laughs> I mean, it, it pops up and I think, I mean, a lot of it's probably comedic relief for us too. And obviously with her speaking and all of that, it just adds to Chandler's detriment almost, you know? Um, the funny character gets the funny sounding person. Mm -hmm. And I think he returns to her almost a lot because it is a comfort in a way. I think besides Monica Chan or Janice is the longest, I wouldn't even call it a relationship because they really weren't in a relationship, <laughs> but the longest like person he had mm -hmm. beside Monica. Um, but yeah, even, even that I don't think really prepared him for what he had to come with Monica because at the first sign of like rejection or fighting with Monica, he's like, Oh, it's over. Cause mm -hmm. that's all he knew. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think Janice is important in like the story, but I don't know that she's important in the, the relationship in of his story, Monica and Chandler. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, it's so funny and I, I totally agree. Like you said, it, it is a bit of comfort for him. Like this is a something he returns to be when he sort of gets bored of being alone, I guess. And yeah. then there, same for I, her. There's even yeah. that one point where she's questioning going back, like getting divorced or returning to her husband. Yeah. And he like, no, right. pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> like, yep. And he like tries to like take her shoes and run away. Like, he's like, no, like <laughs> this is it. I, I want you. And she realizes like, I, this isn't what you want. Like, it ain't it. <laughs> right and i think yeah. it's it's funny that his like comfort relationship is actually someone who makes him so uncomfortable <laughs> that's just a really funny fact to me like especially because it's chandler i just enjoy any time that yeah. a chandler-esque character has to deal with that level of like mm. ridiculousness um but yeah i i do like you said, I think it's a relationship that he can clearly see what he doesn't want in, even mm. in the moments that he wants it. Uh, it. It just sort of brings him closer. I love what you were saying, Leanne, about um, Monica showing him what it's like to fight for something. Um, because I think that's so, so true. Where Versus like Janice is just in and out all the time and he's in and out all the time. Monica is like this, like this constant in his life. Yeah. Um, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Devin, to your point too, with um, him being the one in the end that's begging for her to stay, that to me is the clearest sign that he has not grown at all. If Janice is mm. the one that's ready to move on, she's shown <laughs> really, more growth yeah. in that relationship. It says a lot. It says a lot about Chandler. Um, mm -hmm. And it's hard to fault him. We've all had... I mean, I've had relationships where you just default back because it was comfortable, it's familiar, it doesn't challenge you, it feels safe because it's yeah. known. Um, whereas, you know, Janice is finally ready to say, I've outgrown this, and Chandler's the one still begging for her to and stay. And he's not. It's like, oh, Chandler. It's horrible. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's humiliating for him almost to a degree. Um so I think he makes zero progress in the relationship when it comes to long-term commitment and what that actually yeah. looks like practically. Mm. Um, but we do see Janice sprinkled in, I think, every season. I think season six is the only season we don't get her physically, but we get her audibly. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Whereas in every other se- every other season, we see her come on There's stage at least, one. Uh, at least yes. once, at least one scene or one storyline where she comes into play, um, and it's a running gag on the show that the audience didn't even know the day she was coming in because it was always so love, much of a surprise that when she opened I the love door when they're getting the house yes and she's the neighbor <laughs> and he's like Ugh. to get her to, to to leave he's like i'm in love with you still you gotta like <laughs> you, have to, <laughs> oh, you have to go um, yeah. but i do think one thing that maybe she might help him out in is like communication wise mm-hmm. um to just try and express himself more because he's really bad at doing that like he, he's just a natural person who doesn't know how to express himself and aside from using jokes mm-hmm. um so i do think there is a little bit of um him opening up more and becoming a little bit more conversational or wanting to at least express his feelings and convey his intentions um with her but like i said it doesn't necessarily prepare him fully for a long term mm-hmm. but it at least gives gives him those like stepping stones to step into something a little bit more mm-hmm. deeper fair yeah that's great. Yeah. Cool. So, a little bit more about Chandler. How did Chandler's fear of commitment impact his relationship with Monica? Oh, yes. Oh, we all know his biggest <laughs> his biggest downfall is his insecurity, oh, yeah. his lack of commitment. Um, and I think in the beginning, you know, like their very first fight they ever had, he was ready to like call it over. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're done. Like, that's it. It's nice knowing you. <laughs> But she's like, no, this isn't, that's not how you do a relationship. And like Leanne had said, like Monica was the one that showed him what it looks like to, you know, ride out the storm Mm. essentially and, you know, get to the other side. Um, And I think in a lot of ways that strengthened their relationship because I could almost argue too that Monica has a bit of like a fear of commitment as well. Um, Maybe not so, like not as much as Chandler, obviously, but just like, you know, she she was like the lesser of the two children mm-hmm. growing up of the Gellers. And, you know, you could argue that her, you know, wanting to be a part of something, be a part of like the family a little bit more like Ross was and be noticed um, could also impact that, you know, like fear of commitment as well. So I think um, them together, it was, it was an interesting, it was interesting at the start because they were so different. Mm-hmm. She's controlling, he's insecure. But I think together, in a lot of ways, um, they helped each other like get through that commitment and ultimately get to the other side. I think one thing we argue the most about on our podcast is their lack of communication. Um, it's funny that you brought it up about Janice. I do agree that she helped him you know, be able to have conversations more, but I think what Monica and Chandler struggle with a lot in the beginning is just not communicating yeah. with each other and not being 100% honest and asking the hard questions the shark um, thing <laughs> shark yes. yeah uh, i'm sorry yeah. i keep going i just can't with no, that i'm like good. if you would have just asked him <laughs> it's fine we we say that often it. on our show if you would have just asked each other if you would have just asked him or asked mm-hmm. her all yes. of the arguments obviously that doesn't make a tv yep. so they weren't going to do that yep. but um right I, of course yeah yeah, yeah. I think Chandler is a character we see the most growth from over the duration of the show. He goes from like an insecure, non-committal, afraid of women boy to a married <laughs> man with two children and a mortgage. <laughs> like, but obviously he wasn't always that way, hence this question. Um, I think Chandler 
it doesn't get brought up, I think, often enough for ha- as much as he jokes about it. Chandler had a really rough childhood with his parents' divorce, a dad who cross-dresses, a mom who's nothing short of, like, a nympho. He didn't really have the right. greatest <laughs> example of what it looks like to commit to someone you love for, sorry for the air quotes, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, at the beginning, they kept, and, and I know we'll talk about this in a, in a minute, but they kept their tryst a secret from everyone and i think it's because monica wasn't ignorant of his fear of commitment they're all best friends Mm -hmm. she might not have wanted to tell everyone about her willingly connecting herself to a guy who hasn't shown any external evidence of changing in that area right and make a big deal out of something with their group of friends that might very well be just like a flash in the pan romance and easily Mm -hmm. die out as quickly as it started yep I want to give him props, though, because as much as he does have a fear of commitment, he's still like and he had like a terrible example of commitment in his life and continues to with his mom like as we meet her. Um, I think he's an incredibly sentimental guy for all the things that he's gone through. Um, and I think he does understand the importance of commitment. I think he's just afraid of it. Like, he, he tries to avoid it. But then in these moments of, like, real, like, when they're first talking about trying to get pregnant, when they find out that they can't, like, you really see these moments of, like, true sentimentality from Chandler in, no, I love you. Like, I don't care. I, well, he cares. But I don't, it's not going to change my mind about us that we can't have a child. Like, I, I see, and I don't even know if it's necessarily growth or what it is, but I just see really, like, good moments of, like, clear sentimentality from him in this relationship, which could just be brought on by his love of Monica. Um mm. But I think for a guy who's gone through the drama that he's gone through in his life, like to still be able to experience, feel that, and then like share it with her is incredibly like vulnerable and just giving Chandler props right now because as much as he like screws things up sometimes and like doesn't communicate, there are moments where like his proposal, like all this, where after all the issues, he comes to like a clear moment of sentimentality that I think him and Monica can He reaches his breaking point almost. Yeah. Like he has to, he has, has to, to let just it out. spit it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a boiling point, but yeah, uh, Chandler's fear of commitment initially leads him to hesitate in defining mm. the relationship and figuring out, okay, what what label are we putting on this? Are we just friends with benefits? Are we <laughs> are we trying something out here? Like what's going on? Um, so it it creates murky water for them at at the start. I think um, they're they're caught up in the excitement of it, the secrecy of it, um, but it's still his fear that is kind of like the, the the backdrop of it all. Um, and he uses his humor to kind of deflect um, to yeah. as just a, this defense mechanism to. Okay, something serious is happening. Ah, joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he really tries to weave his way through um, all of his relationships, but specifically this one, he tries mm-hmm. to find that balance of uh, enjo- like enjoying themselves, quote unquote, and also um, being on the serious side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely makes it harder for them to kind of figure out where they're at. It takes um, them longer. They have to go through all this weird stuff. Because it's not until, and it's going to come up later, I'm sure, but it's not until the the turkey scene when (laughs) she's trying to make him laugh that he 
evokes his feelings. Yes. And I'm sure someone's going to bring up that scene later on. So that's why you I know I am. <laughs> Dang it. We've got it on the list. <laughs> I it's do. <laughs> Um, but so how does their friendship in the earlier seasons of Friends influence the development of their romantic relationship? So we see pretty early on that there's like hintings and shadows of what was to come if you were willing to read into the storyline. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I know it wasn't the writer's intentions to keep them together, so I have a hard time believing that any storyline hinting at it in these earlier seasons bear any consequence with the writer's room however it's like they were flirting with us like yeah, here's a little is. bit like early and on, let's see how let's say how they read it a little bit yes when the group goes to the beach there's that runner that starts planting those early seeds monica's sad about being mm-hmm. single and chandler throws out that joke about being her boyfriend which she manages to shrug him off the whole episode but from that moment mm-hmm. on in my mind you cannot go back no matter what the writer's mm-hmm. intentions were the seed has been you planted can. And their friendship will cultivate all the way up to them getting together in London. And you know um, how viewers are. When you plant that seed, they're like, all right, now you better give it to us. Like, more, yes. More. Yep. Yes. And mm-hmm. even though the dis- the decision about being in London, it's it's shown and portrayed in the episode as being kind of rash. But I don't think Monica would have even entertained entertained it if there wasn't interest on both parties like in my like past past like late teens early 20s like there were guys I wouldn't even dream of getting together with in my friend group even if the opportunity presented itself because there's nothing more of substance than a friendship or intrigue or anything Mm -hmm. while others it was kind of like it just needed to be the right place right time for both parties Mm -hmm. so I think their friendship laid the groundwork to where when the opportunity presented itself and both of them were in the right right place at the right time or willingness to say okay then magic happens (laughs) yeah yeah i think it it is interesting there's a ton of foreshadowing i feel like going (laughs) like especially it's weird the show especially i feel like when you have seen it all the way through start to finish and then you start watching it again Um, i know that on our podcast we talked about things we caught this time and we're like why did i never see that before or this is so different knowing what the outcome is going to be. And so the idea that like Monica and Chandler were actually never supposed to be a thing (laughs) before that scene in London happened and they decided that, okay, I think this is going to be a thing. Um, It kind of like shapes the whole series for you again. You're like, Oh, well then all of these things in the first, you know, four seasons, like what, what did that have to do with it? And the multiple times he mentioned like, let's be each other's backup plan or, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the beach scene, like you you mentioned, and it's it's interesting. I think their their friendship um, because they are so different, and in the flashback scenes we have um, with Big Monica and <laughs> Chandler with his weird <laughs> hairstyles, you know, we see she's kind of like smitten for him mm-hmm. in the beginning, like way back when. Um, so there's like even that foreshadowing, but it didn't actually like it wasn't actually a plan. But I think they are just so different i think you almost never expected them to become something Mm -mm. Mm. that's exactly Um, it when i first used to watch pieces of the show but never watched it all the way through i didn't really have an attachment because i just don't think it was really well established like they didn't they dropped like hints but they were more like jokes than like hints until like you said in london um but i do think like 
I don't know. Just them, like, spending time together. Like, even if we don't get the vibe that they're, like, necessarily, like, having a thing for each other while they're friends. I do think that they kind of... I don't know if it was just the actors, like, they're good acting or what, but they kind of just meshed together naturally. Um, I don't know, with his humor, with her, like, being a little neurotic and OCD. It just, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes would mesh really well. So I don't know if that was just them acting that way, especially if you're saying, like, it wasn't planned for them to be together. Um, but it, it's that friendship that allows them to, like, then try it out. But then it's also the friendship that gets in the way. And this is always the problem. Yeah. It's the friendship that's, like... I don't want anyone else to know. And then they have to hide it. And we're going to talk about this, but it's like Mm -hmm. friendship can be a really good foundation, but it can also introduce other complications to a relationship, especially if you're involved with a larger group of friends, um, which they clearly are. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, they are a really good example of the friends to lovers. Yeah. Um, I think they knew each other well, they understood each other's quirks, and were comfortable just exploring this. Whatever this is, we're, we're, we're trying to explore what this is and figuring that out. But you're right, that they do drop hints, and it's always like Monica um, is disappointed with where she's at in life. She's sad that she's single, she's sad that she doesn't have a, uh, I already said that she's single, I was going to say she doesn't have a boyfriend, but um, that her job isn't where she wants to be, that... Um, she doesn't have a baby like again like she she has this list of things that she wants to accomplish and she hasn't met them yet and all the while there's chandler saying oh but you're like the the best person like anyone would fall in love with you, you. sort of wonder if it stems from him a little bit like, like if he has pushing. these feelings yeah <laughs> i don't know i just get that vibe mm-hmm. so i just see him always being the constant uh, i know someone mentioned i don't remember who it was but somebody mentioned monica being the constant I would also say that he is also the constant for Monica. Like, he is mm-hmm. always the one that's there to, like... She's always there for everyone else, but I think he's the one that's there for her continuously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Fair. great. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, we already talked a little bit, at least Lou Ellen did, a little bit about the flashbacks. So, let's dive a little bit into those. Um, what about their relationship before they became friends? Do you hold Chandler accountable for his immature behavior in college and how he treated Monica? Okay, these flashback scenes are a little cringy to watch and <laughs> hard to, like, wrap your head around sometimes. I think we've we've encountered quite a few of them already mm-hmm. in our rewatch. Um and sometimes they just don't, their timelines don't seem to ma- match up very well. So it's hard to like really gauge what we're even looking yeah. at. Um, <laughs> They're kind of after Continuity thoughts. in the 90s was not a big thing. <laughs> um, but no, they, I mean, Chandler back then was, as we all know, very immature. You know, he was the college kid that came home with Ross. And I mean, Ross has, is still nerdy, but I feel like in a lot of ways has grown a lot, but this isn't about Ross. <laughs> so... <laughs> Chandler, I feel like, was just always this cool guy in an aspect when he came home for Thanksgiving or whatever he came home for. And I think... Or he tried to have um, that persona. Tried to. Yes. That's very accurate. (laughs) And I think Monica just looked up to that Mm. because she was, you know, in a lot of ways in high school, she was very immature because she was obviously, we know, a lot bigger and didn't really know what she wanted, you know, to like do with life. She wanted to cook and all of that, but, you know, she was just she was more immature i feel like at that time and she probably viewed chandler as this guy that was 
you know, this cool guy that came home with my brother, he's older mm-hmm. and maybe I can get his yeah. attention. And, um, I think that, I don't know how much that swayed towards their like friendships as they got older, you know? Um, cause we don't see a whole lot of the, what happened when Monica was like in college right. age. Um, but yeah, I, as far as holding Chandler accountable for, it's hard to gauge. Um, I think Leanne had thoughts on this one in particular. <laughs> I have thoughts. <laughs> she does. Um, I think holding someone, like holding people accountable for immaturity or innocence in previous seasons is kind of a slippery slope. We mm. literally walk mm-hmm. through life constantly learning how to be better human beings, learning how to be more considerate, learning how our own actions or inactions affect the world around us. And every single one of us can look back on our lives and easily find many situations where we wish we'd known better, like Mm -hmm. known better, acted differently. And in those Mm -hmm. moments, like we feel the shame that comes from dredging up those memories. And so I have a hard time answering this question, like objectively, should Chandler have acted that way? No. Do I think I have the right to hold him accountable for it? No. (laughs) Um, That's fair. And actually there's a complete storyline of Chandler and Monica reconciling over this very season in their lives. And I, I love to see that on the small screen because if the two parties involved be, are reconciled to each other, then who am I as a third party to continue to, to hold the offense for them? Like if I walk right. through my life holding on to other people's offenses or slights mm-hmm. or even perceived slights, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a miserable person. I'm going to be unwilling to forgive, unwilling to still believe the best about others or be willing to have my opinion of a person be so changed as to not allow people the grace that we all need to be able to walk through life and learn from our mistakes. Um, That's beautiful. (laughs) That's so true. I feel like people (laughs) don't give like second chances anymore or try to really reconcile or work through things like it's very much one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of our own selfish nature too, and wanting like uh, our thoughts are much more important than someone else's thoughts. So I yeah. totally see that. But my thing is like, I, I you can't blame a guy for some stupid crap he said in college. And the thing is like, also he he was like a pothead or something. Like he didn't know what was going <laughs> exactly. on half the time. Like he would show up with Ross <laughs> and they'd be like, hee hee, like not even really paying attention. Uh, and like yeah it really sucks like clearly they go over how it actually really impacted Monica yeah um, and that's it's good she's able to address that with him and that he f- has to face the consequence totally mm-hmm. about it face the consequence of your action yeah like learn from it and like see if you can reconcile and move on if you can't that's a whole different thing but at least they addressed it rather than just like she never talked to him again you know what I mean like because I, I think like they did find something really beautiful together and it's because after a while he grew up and she grew up yeah and they were able to process things like this but it really did make me mad for her uh i forget the exact flashback that was like the worst one to watch maybe he was like t- i'm, I'm like he, remembering it but it's just he, he makes a comment about her weight when he doesn't think she's listening yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. That's like the one that And that's like, the whole reason that me. she like 
changes her body image. Right, exactly. And yes. it, like, changes the trajectory of her life. So I get yeah. that that's really painful because, like, clearly she changed everything because of that. But um, I just, I, I'm glad that they're able to, like, sit and talk about it. Yeah, and props to them for yeah. wanting to continue to be friends after this. Yeah. Like, um, not necessarily, I don't know if they really bring it up all that much. They, it's kind of, there is a little bit of um, hashing it out, but there's, it's d- it's done and gone. Like they just, they move on, like that was the past and we're here in the present together, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Cool. Okay, so, oh, this is gonna really annoy me, this conversation. <laughs> uh, what is uh, what was the significance of Chandler and Monica's secret relationship in season four? How did this impact their friendships with the <laughs> others in the groups? <laughs> it just annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> I already mentioned a little earlier about why I think at least Monica kept it a secret, and maybe them not wanting to you know put too much stake in something that was so ill defined that early on. Then I think they just found a rhythm with each other that they weren't expecting, which, you know, sort of had them wanting to stay safe within the bubble that they created. However, on mm-hmm. the other hand, my my friendship heart kind of breaks a little because there are so many things that I've experienced and walked through right alongside my best friends, both good things and bad things, where because I was invited into it, I had a special investment in the outcome. It endeared me right. more to them, like that much more. And I think that Chandler and Monica missed out not only on the friendship opportunities of letting their friends in on it so early, but also that there is wisdom in having like a multitude of counselors, so to speak. And they had no one yeah. to bounce their thoughts, their feelings about the situation besides each other. And it can so easily become like a little echo chamber. And yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, I think the whole the whole of the friends group were not brought in fully on this secret until they were telling each other that they loved each other. And right. I feel like they just missed out on so much with each other. And that makes me a little sad yeah. for all the parties involved. Like if I found out about Llewellyn dating someone through a wedding invite, I would be pissed. Like, <laughs> I, and, I, and I would grieve that deeply because I have a certain, now obviously I'm not gonna be every phone call after she leaves a date with a guy, but there's a certain expectation of like, bring me in this with you. And and to be fair, the group of friends in this show are almost inconveniently deep in the middle of each other's relationships and sex lives throughout old. the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they are they are the epitome of codependent when it comes to like, being in each other's romantic lives so it would be like Mm -hmm. a natural conclusion i think maybe the show is trying to set it up to see like the secrecy and have that draw our conclusion that like oh maybe this is different because in every other scenario it's fun bobby and you know like all of these like run-of-the-mill guys and then richard Mm -hmm. was serious and then it kind of like backfired and and so but i do think that they I think that they all missed out. I think that every party missed out on the fact that they kept it a secret. And it's one of the things that I, uh, even to this day, just don't love about that relationship storyline. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I could jump on the wagon of not loving the storyline either. Um, for a lot of the <laughs> same reasons. But I think like, 
you know, a big piece that of why they obviously did it is because they didn't want the awkwardness to in the group of friends mm-hmm. if they were to not work out. So why, like, bring this up and ruin everybody when we could just ruin ourselves, essentially? <laughs> you know, it's their inward thinking um, of we're going to we're going to be this by ourselves because we don't want to hurt anybody else. Mm-hmm. And while I can understand that and I can see that logic, it just it doesn't make sense. And, you know, as we see it play out when Joey finds out and then they have to beg Joey to keep it a secret. They go to and such like, lengths. Such lengths. Such lengths. Ugh. And it's so it's with so like silly. Phoebe yeah, about to like sense. you know go over and do it with <laughs> Make Chandler. Out with her. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like okay. Yeah. There's a certain point where it's just funny, and this is just funny. It's not for the plot because this is crazy. Yeah. But I my problem with it is that is it is an empathetic thing. You see it in a lot of shows. Oh, keep it quiet so we don't hurt anyone else if this doesn't work. People are gonna know if there's something off. If you had a secret relationship and then you break up. They're going to find out because you're going to be awkward around each other. Like, it's going to happen. And I think they do it a lot in Friends. This is the one thing that I will say kind of bothers me is the don't tell this person. And then this person finds out. Like, the whole thing where Rachel has a baby or when when Joey Mm -hmm. is, like, not proposing but she thinks he's proposing. It's like, all right, I've had enough of this. Don't tell him. Don't tell that because we always know someone's going to find out, especially with these two because it's it's almost a slow burn of the trope. Mm-hmm. It goes on for so much longer than I think is necessary. Um, That's fair. But I, I do. I think it's humorous. I just it bothers me. Um, that's that's really it. I don't think they needed to do it. Devin, do you like this A couple episodes. Trope? A couple episodes. Yeah. Like maybe two episodes One or total. Two. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'll answer your question first. I do <laughs> like the. No! <laughs> No, Devin! I like the <laughs> in heightened uh, excitement of it that they sure. get. Like, there's that level that it's just them. They can step outside of their friendship walls, and it's just the two of them together. They, like, I like that um, they're able to separate themselves from their group. Uh, as much as I agree with um, Leanne about the need to include friends i think as she already mentioned that there's too much sharing sometimes with this group and they need that separation um so i so that's point a one thing i will say is that i really enjoyed the the reveal of them together in the bed no 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 no, no. well that too but like them in the bed together that is huge yeah yeah and that's the moment that made the like producers realize that this, this is, might actually this is be necessary. Thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I just remember. I don't remember if I watched it somewhere. If I read it, that the live audience like blew up, and they kept like yes. they kept some of the screaming in the actual like filming <laughs> of the process. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's huge. It was just a huge reveal, um, but I think on the pro side of this i think it did the keeping a secret did help them figure out what they are and what they want without the judgment of the others sure Um, there is an element of we're just figuring this out on our own we don't need all the drama and judgment of everyone else and they didn't know what this was so they couldn't explain it to the others but i think there's a way to get that by placing boundaries rather than lying like it (laughs) So he's dating 
Ross's sister. So, <laughs> do you, can, could they put boundaries? That's fair. That's I, that's what I'm saying. Would you be able to feel the know. same about opening up about that relationship? <laughs> I guess you're right, but at the end of the day, it just pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I won't lie. Uh, but <clears throat> I think what's funny is as the secret unfolds it does affect the dynamics of the group. And I think there are a little bit of hurt feelings throughout, um, especially for Joey, who takes a lot of flack from them as he's <laughs> trying to cover the, cover them up. Yes. Like he's like, guys, <laughs> I look like an idiot because yeah. of you. Like, come on. Well, don't they find his underwear or Chandler's yes. underwear? And like a yeah. picture of Monica naked, yeah. I think, yeah. that he's holding on to. It's such a pig. It's just Oh my gosh. Poor it's Joey. just a long list of things that he's like thrown under the bus for. And I feel bad for him. I think he eventually lets go of it, but there 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 is that like, guys, stop doing this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Rachel also yes. felt a little betrayed as being um, Monica's best friend. They they obviously share, and she shares a lot with with Monica. So she would hope to get that reciprocal nature, and she doesn't. So I think she's a little hurt. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Rachel well. deserved to know. If you're going to so have too. a slow reveal, if you're going to have a slow reveal, tell your closest friend. You know. Yeah. 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 But to be fair, she also kept who the daddy was away from Monica. So. See, they do this trope too much in the show. <laughs> Stop it. It's <laughs> a toss-up. <laughs> but Ross's reveal is especially funny. And, um, yeah. I mean, on all, all of the reveals. When Joy finds out he has that, like, process, process, process. Oh, and then, and then uh, Phoebe at the window. And then, like, it's just a long, oh, Rachel on the phone, like, hearing about the la- laundry. Is that my new nickname or something like that? I forget what it yeah. is, but. <laughs> Mr. <Okay>. Big. <laughs> they just have a lot of great reveals which i think is also part of the storytelling it Um, is is it is it great for real life Eh, probably not but i enjoyed it just watching for the sitcom aspect of it and the humor there's so many iconic lines from friends just from this one little storyline alone this little runner like the Phoebe, my eyes, yeah. my eyes is my so eyes. good. <laughs> and the, the they don't yeah. know that we know that they know that we know. Like, exactly. it, there's just yep. so many good, good things from that. So it was dragged on, I think, just for the humor, just for I, what I'd they could I agree that it was dragged on it. a lot. And they got a I, lot out of I it. I think once they, they figured, once they figured out that they do have feelings for each other, they should have kind of like included others in it. Yeah. Not just like, oh, we're in love. Welcome to the party, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Monica, uh, Rachel was practically begging Monica to tell her. I mean, in mm. the cafe, she's like, let's talk about relationships. She's like, I know. Please tell me. Please yeah. tell me. And the one time that she came in and she just hugged her and could have almost started crying. Because I she know. was like, she was so happy for her friend, and mm. Monica would not let her in. It, I was, I, I was mad at Monica at that point. Like, Me tell too. your friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. We've had these feelings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, how do they both help each other grow throughout their relationship? Uh, yeah, they are in a lot of ways polar opposites and i feel like they just work so well together mm-hmm. they're you know monica is the definition of controlling mm-hmm. and 
Chandler is, you know, the biggest goofball possible. And I think they just, when they finally figure out that they need to communicate more, when they need to, you know, just tell each other how they feel and, you know, what's going on. I feel like they, they almost just like, like blossom into this. It's like almost like a perfect couple. Like mm. it's not perfect because nothing's They're perfect. They're a power but couple. They are. And they're, in a lot of ways, they both grew up with each other. Like we'd mentioned with the whole Richard storyline, like they both had a lot of maturing to do in different ways. Mm -hmm. And they each brought like that different part to the relationship and were able to help the other grow in that way. And I think that it was just a fun, I think why a lot of people connect with Monica and Chandler is that it's a fun storyline to just watch progress throughout the seasons and the whole series as a whole, like from, you know, when they first started to, becoming married mm -hmm. and then the whole parenthood thing and yeah it's it's a fun relationship to watch and i think um they just work so well together honestly they do balance each other really well i completely agree with llewellyn on that chandler loves to have fun like making light of things joking pushing people's buttons monica is organized clean detail oriented um and what better way to be challenged to grow than be with someone who excels in all of the things that you don't excel in. Um, <laughs> it, this was, I think this was the hardest one for me to answer. And I think it feels maybe to me, like it's the opposites attract type of mentality. And then yep. it felt like they became more a single unit as they moved into the relationship as opposed to just mm -hmm. becoming two better individuals it felt like they merged yeah. into like such a good unity between the two of them like they really knew how to play on each other's strengths and weaknesses yeah i think it's it's like a they they grow into like we were saying a power couple like it's it's almost like they we also said this before but they learn how to be in like a healthy and good relationship mm -hmm. together because they have to deal with each other's like little quirks, yeah. uh, eccentricities and all yeah. of that. It's just like, especially with them being like opposites, I think it teaches patience, it teaches love, it teaches all of these different things. Um, but they learn, I don't, I don't know, I guess it is the hardest one for me too because yeah, I don't really see a ton of growth individually. I see it more like you're saying they grow together. They together. grow into a really powerful, like, love unit, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing that they both share are insecurities and self-doubt. Yep. So that is one area that I see them both main, like, both bring into the relationship and both have to, like, work through each other. Um, because, I mean, we already talked about um, Chandler and his upbringing um, and his parents and then we have uh, Monica and her upbringing and her parents and always feeling left out or like the mm. lower the lower one so they both have these feelings that um, through their love and understanding they help each other confront and overcome these insecurities um, there's the validation and there's the reassurance that they need to build the confidence in each other and in their relationship um, to just come out stronger and there's also the whole um, changing of careers mm -hmm. that they both go through. They both are supportive of it. When Chandler's like, I hate my job. You guys all have beautiful jobs that you love and I hate my job and what is going on with this? And she's <laughs> like, well, you can do it too. And he's yeah. like, I can. <laughs> uh, I think it's 
great that they work through that together and she has to make the decision to not go to Oklahoma. Utah? Oklahoma. Wait, U- I don't know. He goes to Oklahoma. Where is it that he goes? Oklahoma. He goes Correct, to Oklahoma. but she makes a decision to not go with him because oh. she needs to she stay needs and her, do yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, she got yeah. this new restaurant chef yes. job. And so they both are supportive of each other in these moments, um, which you you don't always get. No. Um, yeah. Usually this would be relationship ending stuff when your wife decides to <laughs> stay for her career. <laughs> I love how um, chill he but they is make about it work. eventually. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. just like, all right, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they champion each other really well. I think mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's Beautiful. talk the fun part. So, how did the proposal? <laughs> as if all this hasn't been fun. Oh yeah, totally <laughs> it's been fun. Such but this a is sludge like, up until this, this is point. It. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the proposal in season six redefine their relationship and set, set the stage for their future together? Uh, so Llewellyn mentioned it a little earlier. At the time of this recording, our podcast is just releasing these episodes. So we are in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, <laughs> you guys are so sweet. You called us like the Friends experts. I personally have only watched the entire show through <laughs> once. <laughs> Before we started the rewatch podcast, and of course, I'd seen standalone episodes when okay. the, whenever they were Same. on TV. Um, but as we are currently in that story, I have to admit I might not have as much to say about this besides like the obvious. Of course, it like propels them into marriage, and I think they have a really good cadence right. of natural progression. I do like how the show's timing of it allows them time to go from engaged and then to married where they're not just trying to rush it for the sake of having a tv episode where they get married you know they Mm -hmm. they draw it out and it ends up being like it's a big celebration it's a big day for everybody um yeah i don't know Llewellyn what about you i felt like i struggled on this yeah go ahead yeah no um we've mentioned too on our podcast like we we would never call ourselves experts because we don't <laughs> and like we don't mind being called it but we yeah this is our fir- first second time watching it all the way yeah. through from start that's to finish fair. and it's dedication so, to get through this whole thing once anyway i mean it's, oh, it honestly 10, is, so. <laughs> it's 10 seasons it's a lot yeah yeah but no i mean i would agree i think they're up until this point you know the relationship has been kind of just, I mean, they've, they've crossed different hurdles with, you know, telling the friends to telling each other, I love you to moving in with each other and all those things. And I think until this point, like we really, it, it kind of like plateaus almost for a moment, they move in with each other and then you're like, okay, what's like, obviously the proposal is going to be next. So like, when's this going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I think the, the idea that like Chandler actually like put forth the effort to try to make this a surprise for her initially <laughs> obviously a lot happens in this film oh but initially he tried to you know make this a big surprise for her and a big gesture for her which we all know monica she likes things a certain right. way and for chandler to be okay enough to try to do that um i think just speaks a lot to the growth that they have had thus far mm. in their relationship and I think it also, with all the troubles they do go through, again, communication would have just been the easier route. Um, 
I think all of these troubles ultimately helps like strengthen the relationship moving forward from the proposal right and you know like she also had to come to terms with like i you know richard now says he wants to marry me so maybe i go back to richard and go back to what i had but she made that choice to say no i'm going to stay with what i currently have i'm going to stay with chandler because i think even she saw in the moment like i have grown a lot Mm -hmm. in this and we have grown and so i think Moving forward, like this this episode, these two episodes are just like a pivotal point in their relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love I, their yeah. proposal. Oh. <laughs> That's I so just good. Love it. It's like so cute, and she's like proposing to him, and then he gets down <laughs> on his knees, and he's just like perfect. Uh, but what it takes to get there is a struggle. Yeah. And what I'm gonna say is like the chaos. Why the heck is this guy trying to make her think that he's not going to I was just about to say that. I was like, <laughs> why? you oh, did too worst. good so of a job <laughs> at being a jerk. <laughs> too good. And you know what? I think that's actually really funny, like, the, that he did that and it bit him in the butt like that because Richard just so happens to come back. But it really does. The question, I think, is phrased well because it sets the stage for future communication to take place. Mm -hmm. He clearly pushed it a little too far for her and made her almost go into this questioning and everything. And it's like, no, like if you love her and I love how he says it, he's, it's something like, I thought it had to be the perfect time, the perfect place, but really I just needed to do it because I love you. And I think that's the perfect realization for him finally. And also for her that like, they just, that, that, springboards them off into like a really good power couple yeah so sorry about my rant (laughs) (laughs) we love to have them um i really think it's funny that chandler finds out that she's even interested in a marriage from a voicemail when she puts her name on the list for the venue like he he's not even aware of the situation until like there's a phone call. Yes. <laughs> and then he starts doing all the brainstorming and then he gets himself into trouble. So, um, But you, when this scene is happening, you feel the emotion in the room. Mm-hmm. They're both close, like, if not in tears, close to tears. And especially after Joey's she ran away trick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You just feel the tension in the room. Um, I, I can't even imagine what it was like filming this scene. Uh, but both of them... What I didn't pick up on until I watched it um, this most recent time was both of them are down on their knees in this symbolic piece of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, while there are times that Chandler allows Monica to wear the pants in the relationship, they're always work from this point forward, they're always working through issues together. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very interesting to see them both not submitting. I don't want to use the word submit like to each other. Like coming down to the like, same level. Correct. Almost. They're both like we both want this for each other. It's not the it's not the man getting down on his knee for the girl. It's that they're both getting down on their knees for each other. They're willing to work through the the the, the mud, the the work through the the chaos of their lives, which they just experienced um, together. So I think that's really an amazing, profound moment, and it's also a big moment for Chandler because of his personal growth and. Um, willing to confront his fears of commitment and embrace the idea of a lifelong partnership with Monica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also find it funny that 
Ross is again left out. <laughs> Ross. Dang it, Ross. Well, he's been through enough of these. So yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is almost weird. I feel like Ross's reaction is almost... It, it almost feels as if he wasn't quite as sure that this was such a sure thing between the two of them even still. That is like, have the friends not been convinced at this point that they are it for each other and now this final proposal is mm. sort of the solidifying event that then catapults the friends to be all in it just seemed very to accept it yeah yeah to to recognize that this is it for them and they're all in mm-hmm yeah cool so continuing on this trend what were some of the memorable couple moments that showcased their love and affection for each other? And what were some of the least favorite moments? Yes. Um, <laughs> I would say my most favorite scene, not maybe not scene, that's saying a lot. Um, my like one of my, my biggest things about their relationship that I love the most and watching it over again just kind of like confirmed <laughs> that with me is the first time he says I love you to yes! him. Yes! <laughs> you know, I mean, it, everybody remembers the scene because of the, the, the turkey. turkey. The turkey. Head, head. Like that's automatically what you think of. Yeah. yeah. But I think just the significance of him being willing enough to just say it out loud. And he didn't even realize mm-hmm. in the moment. Like, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. But obviously he meant it because Chandler doesn't express emotion that well at least that type of emotion. Right. Um, a lot of it probably has to do with his childhood and all of that and the trauma of Thanksgiving in general. Yeah. Um, but that's like, to me, that's one of the the biggest moments in their relationship. And then of course, when they both finally say it again, when all the friends find out. Um, as far as like least favorite, I don't, other than what we've already talked about with them hiding their relationship, um, there's not a whole lot of moments that I can remember that I don't like about them because I love this, this couple so much. <laughs> That's great. What about you, Leah? Okay. So there is one moment when you talk about like showcasing your affection for somebody, there's one moment that stands out for me that Llewellyn hates, hated oh. vehemently. For me, it's a moment where we watch Chandler I mean, all but telling Monica that, like, he sees her, he knows her, and he loves her for her, and is willing to do the work to love her in what she sees herself as thinking is a shortcoming. So, the scene is in the cafe. Um, The story runner for that episode had been, all of the girls have been arguing all episode about their shortcomings. Rachel's a pushover, Phoebe's flaky, and Monica's high maintenance. So she brings Chandler into the cafe with the sole purpose of him telling the girls a scripted monologue (laughs) about how she isn't high maintenance. And it comes to this moment where he has to admit to her in front of all of her friends that he sides with the girls about her being high maintenance, but... I think we see the sweetest moment when Chandler says he doesn't mind because he likes maintaining her. <laughs> I like that. I freaking love it. It like I take back my statement. That, like my least favorite moment was that line. If that <laughs> to me, if that Fair. doesn't scream like having affection for someone, then I don't know what does because he's like 
Monica, I see you. Like I see you and I love you exactly for who you are. And and I I not only love that about you, but I'll like meet you in that and make up for where you feel like you have a shortcoming. And I just think it's such a sweet affection moment. Um that I love it. I think it's super tender. Of course, there's so many, so many moments that are lovable about them. Um, mm-hmm. And we've, yeah, like Llewellyn said, we already kind of talked about, I think one of my least favorite is them needing to keep it a secret and like Hiding. poor Joey just on, I mean, just crucify him in front of all of his friends. His personal brand took the biggest hit in that in those episodes. Yeah. Um, but that to me is one of the most memorable f- for me because it, it was so sweet of Chandler, I think. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I agree. I was going to say one of those, but um, I also have another scene that's just coming to mind um, where they go see his dad mm-hmm. on stage. Do yeah. you remember? And she, like, encourages him to, like, do that. Um, I just think, like, showcasing your love for someone, yes, can be, like, grand gestures. You could talk the proposal. You could talk the I love you moment when she's, like, trying to make him laugh because... It, it's just those are all great moments but I think ultimately like something that I really love about Monica in this moment is that she she wants him to sort of reconcile this uh, before they get married so I, I think that's a huge thing like especially in relationships sometimes you can just tend to let the other person like deal with their demons on their own or you can try and get too involved but I think Monica here is showing that like she just wants what's best for him and his relationship so I really yeah. love that in addition to the turkey on the head, scene, <laughs> that's freaking hilarious. So good. Um, but yeah, there's really no scenes that I like hate. Like when we talk Ross and Rachel, I'm going to have a lot more scenes that I hate <laughs> than scenes that I love. But in this in this relationship, I think that more often than not, we get really sweet, tender moments between the two, yeah. um, really supporting each other more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have some honorable mentions before I get to my. Oh, that's great! Were you gonna say the same stuff. To <laughs> yes. Me? I, I have I have a list. So. Good. <laughs> um, they're forty packed about marriage and uh, mm-hmm. having a baby. I love that moment with them. It's really early on in like season one, and I think it's hilarious that it ends up together. Regardless, uh, cool. another one is the um, they're at the casino, and he's, he's like, "If you roll." Uh, I don't remember what the an exact eight. Hard eight. Hard eight. Yeah, eight. I was trying to, I know it was hard an eight. eight. I couldn't yeah. remember what the first word was. A hard eight, then we'll, I'll marry you tonight. And then she rolls and one rolls off the table and they go down and it's like in between four and five. And he's yes. like, well, and she said, well, what do you want it to be? And he's like, it's a four. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, the bathtub scene where <laughs> she's hiding down. Oh my down. god, she wants chicken. Like, <laughs> yes, I'd go for some chicken. <laughs> um, another one is their first married fight. Yeah. Um, which is when Chandler, it, I like messed up with the cameras and Monica opened oh, up yeah. all of their <laughs> their wedding gifts together, and then their their solution is call it even. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but one so of my good. Uh, two two of my top favorites are. Uh, Monica teaching him about the female body. <laughs> he, she benefited from that but, eventually. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It worked in her favor. Yeah, it did. Um, but my ultimate favorite one is when he says she's a mother without a baby. Mm. Um, like when he's having that conversation with uh, the birth mother. I forgot her name at the moment. Uh, no. Oh, was it? 
Erica? Erica, yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, yeah. And she's like, and he says, I, I, I know I'm not a father yet, but I'm going to become a good one. And but Monica is a mother, like, and she's without a baby. And I just love That's that so good. breakdown, that emotion that he has in that scene, and it shows his love for his wife. Chandler's a sentimental it, guy. He is. Just the way it is. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of their like journey to parenthood too. Just there's a lot of little moments. Like I'm not remembering all of them right off the top of my head, but I just remember there being a lot of conversations between the two of them that were just so heartfelt. And like they both wanted to be a parent, and it was like shown at different mm-hmm. times. Like I remember the scene where he gets the call from the doctor mm. and says like neither one of them really have the capabilities of or having a child is going to be very hard for both of them. Right. And just how he gently tells Monica and like but we can continue trying if you want to but I'm just telling like all the facts and just the way that they you know by that point in their relationship have Mm -hmm. gotten to that level of communication that is just amazing Mm -hmm. and that moment where they agree in the hospital they want to start trying and then they get like caught by her dad or whatever (laughs) that is such a great moment I I can't I just so cringy I, the cringe yeah. in this show is perfect, uh, but <laughs> it is yes. Okay, let's talk about their married life. So, is their married life an honest depiction, or would you consider it too scripted? Yeah. Ooh. Um, in a way, you could argue that there is a certain pattern to like most of our lives. You graduate, get a job, Fair. fall in love, get married, buy a home, have kids, retire, etc. Maybe not all in that exact order. And of course, it's kind of a sweeping statement <laughs> to assume that everyone will follow that path, but. Chandler and Monica and a lot of the friends like for this argument walk through some things on like a nationally televised show that weren't so easily discussed as they were today. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. like infertility is a topic that a lot of people um, experienced, I know, in the 90s. And it wasn't like shows were raising their hands at the opportunity to portray that storyline. And yet it might be one of the most emotional episodes in the entire series when they're like Mm. when they're told and and it's revealed that they cannot have kids of their own it's heartbreaking and then to have to follow them through the adoption process together um and like i know i know it like kind of has nothing to do with like our topic couple but between monica phoebe and rachel the this show depicts infertility surrogacy and being a single mother all three of which Lots at the time were and still which could kind of be considered by some as unconventional ways of being a mother right. and for yeah. a comedy like for a comedy this and they take was, it on well for a sitcom they were they not do. afraid and they didn't pull their punches on real topics and it's surprisingly yeah. deep and because it's a comedy i think it makes us as the viewers very unassuming so when those moments mm-hmm. do hit I don't think I can help but feel like deeply impacted. I remember watching, Mm -hmm. rewatching the episode where Phoebe says goodbye to the triplets. And I think I cried. And that experience is so far from something that I'd be able to relate to. And yet Mm -hmm. the show allowed me to be more empathetic towards something that's so unlike my own life. And I know that's kind of a rabbit trail. So I'll just say that like, I can see both sides of the question, (laughs) but the show being a result of the time it was created, I think, I don't think it was like quote unquote scripted. I think Mm -hmm. it was honest of what many couples experience and yet no one really talked about. Mm 
Yeah, I would tend to agree that I don't think it's too scripted. Um, but I think a lot of that is also a testament to the relationships that the two also had in real life. So Courtney Cox and uh, Matthew Perry, I think, and the friends as a whole, I mean, they all kind of like grew up together in the show and like went through a lot of different challenges in life, especially Matt um, outside of the show. Yeah. And so I think mm-hmm. the idea of them being able to portray this love on screen also taught a, like talked a lot about how they um, or showed a lot about how they cared about each other outside of it as well. And I think that really aided in making it feel less scripted and more real life and like conversational. And um, even like watching now, just we haven't quite gotten to the marriage part yet, but just their relationship up until this point or like the relationship with the friends, it just, it does hit a little different watching it now, you know, as mm-hmm. somebody who's closer to their age now than I was when the show came out. And being able to relate in those instances. And we've talked on our podcast a lot too about certain scenes we've watched and it's like, okay, I was in tears watching this episode and I don't think it hit me this way the first time I watched it. And, you know, just, um, I think a lot of it is their relationship off screen as much as Mm -hmm. it was on screen. And so I think that plays a lot into how it didn't feel too scripted. I think like friends can tend to feel scripted but i do think it might be because of the time we're watching it in because i do i also agree like a lot of what they were joking about a lot of what they were talking about and a lot of what they were struggling through together they it, it was sort of like cutting edge for the time it was sort of like something that they they were not afraid to address head on. Whereas now, like maybe we're having these conversations more, maybe a storyline about infertility might be a little bit more honestly common right now. Um, But yeah, I think if you're looking at it in the context of what, like the 90s, was this the 90s, the early 2000s? I never know, it's kind of in between there. Um, I think you're right. Like, I think it was a very like serious, walked you through um some hard things in this marriage and that's what i love about chandler and monica is like whenever they go through these hard things and i that's why i love Devin, your image of them kneeling together Mm -hmm. i feel like that's what happens to them in all of these moments when they find out that they're both sort of not able to have kids it's just like this moment where they're like well i wouldn't want to be with anyone else Mm -hmm. like even if it made it possible for me to have this dream so absolutely you realize that they really struggle and come together through that struggle which is what a marriage is all about um which i really like i don't really have much else to add i think they i think it is an honest depiction Mm -hmm. um they go through the nitty the nitty gritty together they go through heartbreak they go through hills and valleys and uh so um they have their high moments and they have their low moments and they get through it together so i really think it's a honest depiction and it's not super happily ever after written for them stephanie as you were talking it made me think of how it would have gone down if she had stayed with richard when one of her biggest desires was kids and if she had found Mm. out in the course of trying with richard if he really did finally Mm -hmm. agree to it and she had found out she's unable to have kids to him it might have been a great relief and he might not have pursued other options where to your point Devin like they were so her and Chandler were so unified and like of course they grieved that 
together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they also had a what's next like let's yeah. do adoption and would he have adopted Richard I don't know I I mean I have to think I doubt it like it was already mm-hmm. a stretch for him to think I'll have kids with you Monica mm-hmm. but to then My choose like another yeah to like choose a kid I don't think Richard would have done it and how much more heartbreaking then, like Monica getting the worst news of like the one thing that she's wanted this entire show and she it couldn't have been a better partner with Chandler mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. he bore yeah. it with her. Yeah. So we're already kind of hopping around this question, so let's just <laughs> dive in a little bit deeper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how did their journey toward parenthood and the adoption process impact their relationship? And if you feel like it's reciprocal, like we already answered it, then we can move on, but feel free. I mean, yeah, we've we've talked a lot about this. I think this journey especially strengthened them even more Um, by this point in their relationship they've grown so much but i think you know having the shared experience of neither of them like neither of them are are able to like easily have the children like Mm -hmm. be able to give them what they want i think that just helped bring them even closer and then the idea of being willing to open their lives up to adoption was just a big part for them and i think um in a lot of ways, Monica, when she gets stressed, when she gets overwhelmed, she reverts back to her controlling nature and Chandler reverts back to his immaturity. But I think by this point, they're so strong in their relationship that when this like big stressor comes in, it's almost like they can notice that in the other person and they mm-hmm. have ways of helping keep them from going there. And I think that um, in a lot of ways, this just helped bring their relationship mm. even farther. Yeah. I think like it really is interesting because we were talking about how they, neither of them are particularly good with commitment, but this struggle that they have to go through is almost like a full circle. Like you are committing to this person because like in that moment where they're finding out, like neither of us can really have kids. Like this is going to be even more of a struggle for both of us they can, they don't they choose not to give up on each other in this moment. So it's like a full yeah. commitment yeah. moment for them. And then yeah. choosing to adopt, that's like one of the biggest commitments that one can make. So it's like a full circle sure. like they have grown into a committed family at this point, which I think is yeah. really cool to see especially from the two I mean other than Joey who like are very non-committal um in general. So I see a lot of growth there through that process for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there really are only two choices, if I'm seeing it rightly. Of course, I've never been in this situation. But as a couple, like, you either let it drive a wedge between you or you choose to lean on each other as you grieve the life you thought you were going to have while pursuing, Mm -hmm. you know, what's next, like we said. And I think they had to have open communication in this season. Obviously, by this point, they've grown so much together as a couple and individually to be able to start having that open dialogue between them. Um because they had to make sure like they were on the same page at the same time. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I would might maybe have more to say when we get to that storyline too, like sure. even in our show, as we're like watching those mm-hmm. episodes on a weekly basis. Um, and maybe I'd be able to say more then, but um, mm-hmm. I think they definitely responded quote unquote, like the, the good way, the right way um, by Agreed. leaning into each other. Yeah. And I think even 
so we talked about the adoption process and uh, that piece, but when they find out that there's two of them, <laughs> um, Chandler's like, okay, this is where I bow out. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Monica's like, no, these are my babies. Like, I think they, they, uh, they, accept the challenge that's in front of them. Like they already know that it's going to be a challenge in general to raise one kid, but to raise two, um, that's a whole nother ballpark. And um, I think they're both willing to, again, go through it together. They, they know the challenges ahead of them and they know that they're going to get through it together. Um, What, one thing I would really like to see is like some of the, um, like if there was a scene of them, grieving together like they go yeah. through the, there's a there's a scene of them grieving but it's there's also a little bit of comedic effect there but what i would like to see is like a closed door like yeah. conversation or just like holding grieving crying whatever they need to do like i, mm-hmm. I would like to see that process as well for them yeah, um, yeah. i'm but, sure that was hard for like the showrunners to kind of hold those things because i mean we had said it before stephanie like they didn't hold their punches with hard topics mm-hmm but on the other hand, like it is a comedy. It is a sitcom. <laughs> it is a sitcom. Yeah. And yeah. like I was gonna say. Even in two thousand one when the World Trade Center's um towers fell, like they chose like they chose as a like as a staff team to not bring it up as part of the friends universe that that was something that they were responding mm-hmm. to because it was people needed like a point of humor and people for the most part that I've seen any feedback from were like so grateful like people would stop Lisa Kudrow and say like thank you for like allowing us to continue to laugh you know like at one of the most difficult Mm -hmm. times for you know New Yorkers and obviously like the U.S. Um, US, and so it was kind of this whole it, it they probably had to manage it both, you know, like yeah, hold both things lightly and pick and choose what things they, they wanted to really dive deep on. But I get your point, Devin, uh, Devin too, because like you do want to see what it looks like for people to grieve um, because there is no playbook on it. <laughs> like no yeah. one. And people often think that grief is only for deaths for people who pass away, but grief can can be when something in your you know can be being told that you're not going to be able to have kids and all of a sudden the entire life that you had planned out you're having to grieve the the picture of that the door shuts yeah yeah and so um it would have been nice um i just don't know if a sitcom would have allowed that kind of screen time allowed for that kind of grief yeah (laughs) Yeah. absolutely yeah yeah well before i ask the final question I have added another that I didn't even tell Devin about. Oh, no. Oh, you saw it? You saw it? Okay, well, I'm going to ask it. I'm only going to ask one of them because I think this is an important one for all of our Friends episodes. Who is your favorite friend? (laughs) (laughs) I see hands going to heads. It's a struggle. Go ahead. We're both pretty vocal on our podcast who our favorite friend oh, is. Oh, tell us, tell and un- us. Unless hers has changed, it's the same. Uh, um, our f- My favorite friend is Chandler, hands down. Woo! No questions asked. Why's that? He's the comedic relief. He's funny. He's, I mean, we see a lot of growth from him, like like we'd mentioned before. Like, he is the one that grows the most, I feel like, in the whole series. Um, and I've just, al- I've always loved Chandler, like, single Chandler married Chandler like he just 
there's something about him i scenes where he's like episodes where he's not in it a lot i don't find as fun or mm. as good so i don't know i've just always enjoyed chandler love that same for you leanne um it depends on your definition of friend if you're talking about <laughs> like the actual like in the cast who's your favorite of the cast of the friends then it's obviously chandler i think he's to all of Lou Ellen's points, honestly, we talk about it in detail on our podcast all the time. Of <laughs> he's our favorite. We love the first couple seasons with him, especially. I think we talk more about who we don't like. That's true. Oh, who's that? Who's that? Rachel. It's Ross and oh! Ross and Rachel. <laughs> Ross and Rachel. I think Devin and I can agree. Almost. Just the two of them. I don't, I don't want to speak for Devin, but I can agree. <laughs> but if you're talking about like the definition of of a friend, I think that mm. Joey is actually the best of the friends. That's, so that's, that's a good point. That's why I yeah. asked, because there is a little bit of a difference in how that is like, a great point. you could answer that. I just think he's... And, and a lot of the times what I think is unfair is it's often not reciprocated back to him in the way that Ch- our Joey gives it. Um, right. But he's willing to put like his friend's needs above his own. He's willing mm-hmm. to... Um, I think he's willing to sacrifice when it actually calls for it. He gives some of the best advice, which is so unlike his character. Yeah. Right. Um, because there are times where people ask, you know, in the show, they ask Joey things and you're like, why would you ask that of Joey? He's obviously going to give you like the crappiest answer. But then throughout throughout the entire series, he'll shock you with some of the things that he like pushes the friends to do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that is a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um so I think Joey's the best of the friends as like a true definition of a friend, but I as a Chandler's my favorite. Yeah. That's very fair. Devin? That's a good question. I'm, so I wrote this, an- I, I promise you, I wrote this answer before you guys said anything. <laughs> 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 and it is also Chandler. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. I, I wrote Chandler, I wrote Chandler with Phoebe being a close second. Um, I, I I just think as you guys mentioned, like he has all the jokes, but he also has the heart. Yep. Whereas I think everyone else is so ob- not not everyone, but for different reasons, people are the hold on, how do I want to say this? The friend group has their own selfish intentions at times, um, and I don't necessarily care for all of their storylines as much as I care for Chandler and Monica's, but yeah. most importantly Chandler's, I think he has the, he has the jokes, but he also has the, the, uh, the growth mm-hmm. and the, the heart. And I think he is the heart of the show. Um, I remember watching the uh, reunion and it talked about like how, e- how they found each um, cast member for the role and I just thought it was really cool to like to see how they managed to put this group of people together and it just like works so well mm-hmm. um, but yeah mine would be Chandler what do you think Steph? Yeah, it's Chandler <laughs> Man, <laughs> I really thought I was going to be fighting someone or something <laughs> Dang, a podcast no, united. I, I know. This we did sucks. it. <laughs> Good job, guys. Uh, I, I like Chandler a lot. I think Phoebe is funny. I kind of relate to Phoebe a little bit. I just think she's quirky, and I like that. You definitely, you definitely relate to Phoebe. Crap that everyone's like, "What are you?" While we were about? rewatching, I always like, said, <laughs> "I always said." Your, Phoebe's reminding me of you or Monica's yeah. reminding me of you because it, she's literally oh, both. Phoebe. 
And I love Joey. Like I, they're all great, but I think we can all at least agree that like Ross kind of sucks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Okay, thank you. I was going to say, 100%. Yeah. we can at least agree on that. There's growth there, and we'll talk about that in our next episode, Devin. But I think sometimes he's just not on the wavelength. I don't know what it is. But anyway, Chandler. Chandler. Okay, so the the final question, our ending question, do we ship it? Hard yes. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can all unanimously say that. Devin and I have been so boring lately. We ship everyone we bring up. We pick couples that we like to talk yeah. about. I mean, but, it is kind of hard to talk about a, a, a couple the whole entire episode that you're like, well, I hate this and I hate that and I hated this storyline and they about. sucked yeah. over here. Yeah. I think yes. you can kind of tell whether I ship or don't ship someone based off the questions that I create. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little biased, buddy. It's valid. Um, but yeah, Monica and Chandler are a great couple. I think their marriage just makes them stronger. And I think mm-hmm. we talked a lot about that. Um, sentimentality, Absolutely. cute moments, funny. What more could you want? Mm-hmm. All right. So now you've heard from us. But what do our listeners think? Our first comment comes to us from Jovi. Hi, Jovi. For those that don't know, Jovi is my goddaughter. Um, <laughs> Hi, Jovi. She. So I had to. I texted her. I was like, I need a comment because I know you are in love with the show, yes. and she's twelve. So <laughs> it just tells you the span of like how, how the show Im- impacts yeah. everyone. So uh, Jovi says. Uh, Monica and Chandler are my favorite couple because Chandler has learned to deal with Monica and her strictness, and he has also helped her open up and lose some of that sternness. Um, Chandler is a goofy, lovable guy, and Monica has helped him grow up a little bit. One of my favorite moments between the two of them is when Monica sticks her head in the turkey to cheer Chandler up, (laughs) and he accidentally says, I love you. They are such a cute couple who endure each other's flaws. Oh, I love that, Jovi. So cute. Okay, our next comment here is from Mary. Hi, Mary, who comments on everything. We love you. Shout out. Thank you. Uh, She says, love them. They're the best TV couple. You cannot change my mind. I love how they went from friends to lovers in a really organic way. They love and accept each other for who they really are, and the relationship just makes sense. I feel like the writers didn't even have to do too much to keep them together. They just fit like puzzle pieces, which is a direct contrast to Ross and Rachel, who are two great puzzle pieces by themselves, but never fit together. <laughs> that's that comment here. wins. Uh, yeah, that's great. Too soon. We still have to get to that episode. but Yeah, yeah we do, but maybe we'll invite Mary to comment again. <laughs> But awesome. Thank you so much for sending them in, guys. Yep. And shout out, of course, to the One With Friends podcast. Thank you. It's been a blast talking to you both. It really has been a blast. Mm -hmm. It was so fun taking a deep dive over a topic that we've been slowly talking about, but to really get into it. So thank you for the opportunity. It's been so fun. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's been good. Thank you. And I just wanted to open up the floor if you have any announcements for your podcast coming up or anything that you want to share about following you. Yeah, um, we're the One with Friends podcast. Um, Leanne and I'm Leanne, Llewellyn and I, um, (laughs) we break down each episode um, scene by scene, talk about it, talk about our own life experiences, try and draw cultural parallels and just have a fun time reliving this late 90s, early 2000s sitcom. (laughs) Um, It's super fun Mm -hmm. to get into. Um, 
We are already more than halfway through. We just finished uh, season six, launching into season seven already. Um, you can follow us on any platform. I don't know if you guys are going to like hook the show notes, like attach show notes or something. So um, yeah, just seek us out. We start off early on by inviting other friends to come in. And over the last several seasons, it's just been Llewellyn and myself. Um, but that doesn't make it any less fun. So come check us out. That's awesome. great. It's a very enjoyable podcast, so definitely give it a Thank listen. you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. So, of course, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Please rate and review wherever you listen to our podcast. Um, it really helps us out when we hear feedback from you all, and it makes us stronger and makes us a better community. Yep, and as always, follow us on Instagram or reach out to us at weshippapodcast at gmail.com to engage or send comments in. We love you, shippers. I thought that it mattered what I said or where I said it. And then I realized the only thing that matters is that you make me happier than I ever thought I could be. And if you let me, I will spend the rest of my life trying to make you feel the same way. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys.